Netflix has a new reality series based on their favorite docu-series, it looks like, Making a Murderer. Fangoria is back. And, of course, we talk about Ash vs. Evil Dead. All that and more on this week's Horror TV Weekly. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, yeah. We didn't have a song. I guess, you know. It's, when uh, the music stops. Yeah. But then that, that <laughs> does bring us to a, a sad note here. This is our last Horror TV Weekly for you guys. We will be moving over to Horror Movie News at Popcorn Talk for, at 4 p.m. on Tuesdays. You will still be seeing us talk horror in the After Buzz family. But this is, of course, a somber episode. It is our last Horror TV Weekly. But there is a lot of fun news to talk about. And, of course, I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the Internet since there is only one. And I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host. Hey, everyone. This is Chauncey K. Robinson, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey K.R. Yeah, let's just get right into it, because we've got a lot of news still to get through. Um, One big thing is Fangoria is back, and it was, of course, bought out by Sin State, a Texas-based entertainment company, because I don't know if you guys are aware, Lost of Your Horror actually comes out of Texas. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a big scene there, and we will, of course, be at Texas Frightmare Weekend, which is in May. It's always Cinco de Mayo. You'll probably see me in a rainbow sombrero. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And not me, though. And You're not wearing the sombrero. No, not wearing the sombrero. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, like, that's great. Because growing up, I would go to Hastings, and we would, uh, we're too cheap to buy magazines and poor. But, yeah, like, we would always go and read the Fangoria. In, and, of course, the toy magazines point out all the X-Men toys we had and everything. But, yeah, that was always a staple of my childhood. And it's nice to see, like, James Gunn's really excited about it being back because he's, like, the only magazine cover I ever saved was the one, the Fangoria one. They're so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Do you have any Fangoria copies? No, I don't, actually. I I never, like, I mean, I guess working class poor, I just (laughs) wasn't something I could really um, afford to, like, get regularly. But now that it's coming back, it's definitely going to be exciting. And I think what I've been seeing on the online, you know, horror community is a lot of people, they're bringing in a lot of people to be contributors to it. Um, Graveyard Sisters uh, are actually um, going to be uh, one of uh, one of the organizers of that is going to be contributing to it. So that's an awesome African-American voice. Um, that's going to be going towards contributing Fangoria. So that's awesome as well. Yeah, and that's the thing is um, Fangoria has been around since the 80s um, and when horror was really big and it sort of had fallen off. But now with the renaissance of horror, it was so interesting to see it die. But, you know, luckily that's why it was able to be brought back. And who knows, maybe we'll be contributors one day. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know. One can hope. Yeah. Print is not dead. And two, there's this thing called the internet. They have a website yeah. and they have articles on it. Well, that's where most people read their news. But, exactly. And they yeah. have like collectible, like, I mean, the thing about print is if you can make it so that it's a product in and of itself, it's not just, oh, I read that now it's done. But like with Fangoria, it's like it has the idea of the, the covers, the cover art, the kind of, you know, things they can do within it. So it's really a ripe kind of magazine to to put to try to push for again in the print as opposed to something that maybe didn't have as much graphics to lean on and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah, cuz it's Fangoria. Who doesn't want to look at gore? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, speaking of gore, <laughs> maybe Netflix is trying to make a making a murderer happen in real life. They have a new reality show called The Push. That just watch this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like what is this? I don't even know. Why is it wrong? I 
I want to talk to the auctioneer. You did talk to the auctioneer, and you helped him set these prices. It's completed. It's just the... Benny, Benny. Pills, pills. Chris, uh, what? Chris, I'll call an ambulance, find the pills, and bring them back. Chris is enmeshed in a web of lies, <laughs> and that's important. I need him to feel like there's only one way out when he's told to commit murder. My name is Darren Brown, and the question we're considering is simple. Can we be manipulated through social pressure to commit murder? 70 people coming in here. They can't see this. Take them by the knees. 70 actors will be playing out a meticulously planned and rehearsed scenario to manipulate this man who has no idea he's being filmed. Come on, guys. What are we going to do? He's a millionaire. He's going to make sure you go to jail. This show is about how readily we hand over authorship of our lives every day. Just give him one big push. Can social compliance be used so to, be like to make someone push unethical, right? the living, breathing uh, yeah, I'm human just like, being this is messed up, death. man. <laughs> Welcome to the push. Yeah, that just seems, no. that just feels wrong. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I get, I mean, it's like kudos for like, being creative, I guess, with yeah. something like this, but at the same time, it's like you're putting someone in a position of it's kind of what is what is it a minority report, you yeah. know, where it's just like this idea, but like trying to actually push them to do it as opposed to oh, I thought you were, I saw in the future you would do that, so I'm going to arrest you. I mean, what happens if he did it? Are we? I mean, who will want to be on a show where they were actually showed to eventually that I might just commit murder? Like who who could live? How can you live that down? I mean. How are you going to get a job? Yeah, no <laughs> one's going to want to hire the guy that was like, all right, I'll push him. All right, I'll push this millionaire because it might, you know, endanger the company. Like, it just seems like, I mean, I guess my thing is maybe it's fake. And I mean, a lot of reality TV is staged, so maybe that's what this is. So maybe they're hoping people don't take it so seriously. But it also seems like, I don't know, It just it's just it just feels funny. It just feels a little... Well, and sadly, this isn't the first reality show to get people to try to kill each other. I mean, The Bachelor does that every week. And, I mean, <laughs> the, there have but been... But this is actual murder. Yeah, this, this is actual murder. Actual this murder. is, like, putting people in such a, like, a, a heated situation where it'd be like, would you push this person off of a ledge? And it's like, wow. And it's, I mean, in a morbid way... I feel like a lot of people probably would watch. I mean, they probably have a hit on their hands. And the fact that people would, you know, like you'd watch a train wreck, you know? No. Um, ZSB Lou in the chat says, yeah, I think it's fake too, Chauncey. So I just would yeah. have to hope. I I mean, honestly, if that was me, would you do? I mean, I don't know. Do you think you could be pushed to? <laughs> yeah, like, I'll be honest. I don't like, think it takes much for me. No, me, not me either. They'd be like, hey, if you push this dude, you'd get a million dollars. Okay. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, the, the I don't thing know is, that guy. <laughs> the thing in the trailer, it seems like um, there's this thing where... Um, he is saying, you're going to go to jail. And in that sense, I'd be like, well, I mean, it's either me or him, and he's a yeah. rich guy. I mean, look at this economy. I mean, I'm taking yeah. one for the team, you know? I mean, I don't know. It just seems like, I feel like there may not be too much uh, drama in the sense of trying to get some people to do it. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, whatever, I'll kill him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, who greenlit that? <laughs> yeah, like, that's insane. It actually reminds me 
of like the Married with Children episode where they're going Al and Peggy pretend to be Steve and Marcy on this newlywed game. Yeah, yeah. And you have to do messed up stuff to your like spouse, and because they, of course, are the Bundys, yeah, they're they like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. We're, they're not taking anything. <laughs> no, it's just it's such a a weird. When I saw it, I was like, wow, are they serious? I mean, it's kind of like punked, but yeah. with murder. You know, it's like you're being punked to commit murder. Well, if you've seen the, I feel the like deleted scenes from Punk, there were some almost... Yeah, murder. people were actually about to go at it. Um, uh, yeah, but it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I feel like that's probably how the pitch went in the green room, too. I mean, in yeah. the in the pitch room. It's like, punked, but with murder. And it's like, someone's like, that's genius. That's genius, Johnny. <laughs> that really is how pitches happen. <laughs> I think so. That's great. Well, speaking of going back in time, like Ash vs. Evil Dead gets a 70s sitcom style trailer. I love this. It's so just ridiculous. But, you know, I could see them doing this show after this Netflix Making a Murder reality series. Right. And I love how, like, their clothes, even though, I mean, of course, they did go back in time. This is, like, the 80s. But um, with Ash's, like, outfits and stuff, they've never changed. So this really does fit. about this is we will be having um, most of the cast uh, on here at After Buzz TV at 2 p.m. on Thursday every week in March except for the last week the 22nd will be at 6 p.m. this time slot and that'll be Ray Santiago and then uh, we have Dana coming in the week before and then Ariel will be the first and Lindsay who's playing Dalton will be the second week of March so that'll be fun you guys will still see us talking about Ash versus Evil Dead because it never gets old right mm-hmm. but yeah here's a good sneak peek just showing you guys what's coming up for season three which starts this Sunday and be sure to use the stars app guys or stars on your cable if you still have that okay big boy you looking for me this season you really won't see anything like it at the beginning, Ash, he's the local hero. Life is good. And then all hell's gonna break loose. You were right. Evil's coming back. We reveal that Ash has a daughter. That's the big bomb. How's I supposed to know that all that crazy sex could lead to a kid? Brandy is Ash's daughter, and she kind of gets dragged into the whole fight against evil. You don't actually think that Ash is our only hope in the fight against evil? Hard to believe sometimes, but yeah. Ruby is playing the school counselor. This is pretty. I love evil She's Ruby, I will evil say. Ruby in disguise. She stole her identity to become close to me so in that her she being could use a counselor. Agenda. Little Miss Moffat here is a black hearted hell beast. This is my guidance counselor, Miss Previtt. Ruby. She's waiting for her time to strike back. She wants to turn Brandy against her father. I'm getting my stuff out of your creepy house and I never want to see you again. Oh, Brandy. She's got to get Ash to be killed by his own spawn so that her own baby become the new savior. Kelly is just waiting for evil to come back. And lo and behold, it does. Fighting I love Kelly. Ash mm. As much as I grow up loving Ash, like, Kelly's just so cool. 
character Dalton, he's one of these knights of Samaria. The first time that Dalton meets Ash is a huge eye-opener. There is I this rock star <laughs> quality Dalton has toward Ash. Kelly shows up with Dalton. It really creates this stress on the family dynamic of the ghost beaters. Dalton is straight away suspicious of Pablo. Those marks on your arms. Yeah. That's Sumerian writing. It puts Kelly in a very Her magical vagina, Pablo. It takes Pablo and Kelly's relationship to a different level. This season, we learn that Pablo has one foot in the world of good and one foot in the world of evil. You, Pablo, will be. So are we like shifting Kelo, I guess? Wait, isn't that the name of Yeah, I will say, Somehow, as much as I like their brother sister dynamic, I would want to them to get together at the end because they are cute. This season of Ash vs. Evil Dead is going to be completely Yeah, I love Pablo. He's the heart of the show. There's a thrill around every corner. He's definitely like the most innocent guy. Yeah. It's a superhero show. I can't wait for this Sunday. I know. I'm like, it's such a fun show. And and too, as I say, stress people watch it on stars, whether it's the app, whether it's um, the cable provider. Um, because that's the only way we're gonna get a season four. Yeah, it always seems seems like they have so much fun on there. Yeah, it's a fun show, and, and we do get most of the cast in here to talk about it. We will still have the after show on Sundays at, um, looks like, 8 p.m. will be our time slot on Sundays for the Ash vs. Evil Dead after show. So, And then, of course, as they say, throughout the month of March at 2 p.m., except for the 22nd, which will be 6 p.m., we will have um, the cast in every week. But, yeah. I just can't wait. And um, I like ZSB Lou's comment. Ruby reminds um, them of uh, Rowena in a, a bit from Supernatural, who's mm. uh, Crowley's mother. She's a fun character. But yeah, speaking of the ladies, Lauren Cohen's got a new job. So, what does that mean for Maggie on The Walking Dead? Yeah, this is uh, throwing me off. I don't know. I mean, Maggie, you know, spoiler, I mean, she's mm. in the comics for a while. Yeah. And they're not anywhere near where they're supposed to be. Well, not where they're supposed to be, but they're not anywhere near the comics, where the comics book, comic books are right now. So, it's like she's not supposed to. I mean, she's still around, like, so she's not supposed to go. So I don't know how this is going to work. Well, because, too, apparently she, like, has been in contract negotiations that haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. Well, and, two, they tend to pay women less. Like, and I don't know if that's what it's regarding, but that may be sort of why she held out and got a new job. But as they said, she could potentially recur. Um, this new show is Whiskey Cavalier. I mean, it sounds interesting just by the name, but yeah. yeah. You know, and that's the thing is it is Walking Dead is, of course, shot in Atlanta, but it doesn't shoot all year. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, with a lot of cable shows like that, you do get time to do other things, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But like when Sonequa got the job on Star Trek Discovery, we're all like, Sasha's dead. Yeah, <laughs> Sasha was going to go. We knew that because it yeah. was like she was the lead in, in, the, in the CBS show, so it was like she had to go. And I think... She's going to be the lead in this show. So, I don't know. I think... Yeah. I mean, with... Um, but then again, Sasha was had less, a little bit less screen time than Maggie did. So, I mean, for... I mean, I kind of feel like it might be... one. I feel like Maggie is too... Uh, she's like the leader of Hilltop right now and yeah. everything. And it's like, unless they were going to keep doing this thing where, you know, everyone's spread out. So, they show people in different areas and, like, maybe they'll try to get all her scenes in, like, the time that she's going to be there. I mean, Danny was able to do 
um, Black Panther. Yeah. And she was all up in that movie. She was awesome in it. Go see it, oh, by yeah, the way. Yeah. It was but so <laughs> she was so great in that movie. But, you know, she got time to do that. She also had done um, theater when she had wrote that play and, you know, um, and was doing that and everything. So, I mean, they definitely, it's not one of those shows where they try to say you can't do anything else. Yeah. But it does seem... I mean, I'd be a little nervous, too. I mean, they, they did this thing to Carl, and everyone yeah. thought he would stay around forever. Well, yeah, and, you know, luckily, I saw Chandler Riggs, who's really grown up on the news the other day, talking about, you know, he actually has had, had to move back out to L.A. and, you know, start working again. But he seemed to have a pretty good head on his shoulders, because, you know, what greater, like, thing to put on your resume than being Carl in The Walking Dead? And Lauren has had, I mean, Lauren was on Supernatural, one of my favorite characters, Bella, like, and then a Chuck, of course, she was Vivian. But yeah, like I don't want to see Maggie go. Like I'm no, behind she's on so the strong. show. Yeah. She's come such a long way. And as much as like I love Glenn and Maggie together, Maggie living on with you know with the baby and everything is like the best solution to killing off my favorite character, Glenn. Yeah. So I, I mean just that's how it happened. Yeah. You know that's how it happened in the comics. Yeah, you know exactly. the fact that Glenn got killed. Although I was hoping that they would divert from the comics on that one, they did not. Yeah, I was um, pissed. <laughs> I was like, well, this could be the one chance. Abraham, I like you, but <laughs> yeah, I loved him. But, <laughs> but I saw him you know. like uh, by the one up before, and so I knew he was gonna die. I yeah. was like, oh, you're in L.A. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where that's the thing plot line wise too. Like how do you make that work because of the fact that Glenn already died. Yeah. It's to to have it so that she also dies as well, what Jesus is gonna be the one to raise. I mean it's just it's one of those things where it would be horrible plot line wise. I mean yeah. and they've already taken a lot of risks this season, especially with the whole Carl plot line. If they were to do this, I feel like it would definitely be a turnoff for a lot of fans. Yeah, and that is the thing, is I think they're going to try to do what they can, probably, to work out the contract, because the Carl revelation, and then still, I mean, it's been a, a year, but it's, you know, the Glenn thing is still fresh on some of our minds. Yeah. We're still mad about it. That threw a lot of yeah. people off for a long while. People yeah. were like, that was just so graphic, I wasn't expecting that, Glenn was one of the originals. Yeah, even I mean, though it happens in the comics, I was like, y'all didn't have to do it. It's still live action. It had yeah. a totally different, like, feel to it when that happens. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they hopefully... I mean, it might be one of those things where she just kind of disappears. They've done that, too. Oh, yeah. Where a character has just gotten lost in the woods while they go off on a mission and we don't know where they ended up for a while. So maybe that might be a thing. Yeah. It'd be very hard to do that with a Maggie character that people wouldn't be you know, searching for her every other episode, but yeah. that could be one way of doing it, too. Yeah, or as you said, you know, she's leader of the hilltop. They don't have to show the hilltop every mm-hmm. episode. But, yeah. yeah, just frustrating if that is what happens. But, you know, some good news. Miranda Otto has been cast as Aunt Zelda in yes. the Sabrina series. Yeah, so I'm like, I love Miranda Otto. I actually got to interview her once on the red carpet, and that awesome. was just so cool. Uh, because she was um, Eowyn, who is one of my favorite Lord of the Rings characters. Because yes, uh, I am no yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, and so, yeah, I'm like, this casting really excites me because mm. she's such a good actress. And she's not the only one who's joining. Michelle Gomez from uh, Doctor Who and then a newcomer, Chance Perdomo, has joined the cast. So they're really rounding this out. We should be seeing this soon. Yeah, yeah. this cast is very much coming together. And I really like uh, the description of her character. It's like, you know, they say um, there is no greater honor for Zelda, who she's playing, yeah. than serving the dar- Dark Lord as a member of the Church of Night. You know, she's a disciplinarian, and uh, that'll be interesting kind of 
She's supposed to be the cane to uh, Hilda's Abel. So oh, that'll yeah. be interesting kind of dynamic to see. Because I remember, I know I always I always bring up the Melissa Joan Hart one, but I remember the way they did the aunts in that one was that, and she'll probably more like like that where it's, but darker. Because yeah. one of the aunts in the, in the original live TV one was, she was like the studious, strict one. Yeah. And then the other one was the party girl. Yeah, a Caroline little, Ray Yeah, Blader, a little bit yeah. dumb type of yeah. thing. So that seems like they're going with that dynamic, but like times 10 and with Satan. I like that, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is going to be dark. Like, Riverdale was dark for Archie. But this at least has precedent, and it is, like, supernatural. But, yeah, like, good casting on that. Well, speaking of some other... Good casting and good news. Santa Clarita Diet Season 2 drops March 23rd on Netflix. If you guys haven't seen Season 1 yet, watch it now. It's really easy to watch. It's short little episodes. I think there's only 10. And that's what was so sad. I was like, I binged it in like a whole day. And I was like, I want more. Because I love Timothy Oliphant. Mm. And to see him run not his badass self and be a dorky dad is awesome. And then uh, Joel McHale and Maggie Lawson join the cast. And I hope it's for more than one episode because, yeah. you know, spoiler alert, there's a great guy in episode one of the first season. And then, of course, he's no longer there. But so don't tease me with Joel. And I love Maggie Lawson. Again, uh, she's another person I've had the pleasure of interviewing. And just, just a delight. And, you know, good. she was so good in psych and just... So many things. Like, she's such a tomboy. She's fun. That's why I like her being all, like, put together in this. And then, of course, Joel, he's... Watch his show on Netflix. He's in another Netflix series. Yeah, the Joel McHale that. show mm-hmm. with Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. It is the soup. I they remember, just can't say that. Exactly. I remember him in <laughs> yeah. Talk Soup when he first... That was, like, when he first came on the scene, wasn't it? Yeah, like, he... he replaced another guy. Yeah, he replaced Hal Sparks. Like, because Greg Kinnear was the original, then Aisha Tyler, then Hal Sparks for a brief... Because I this was actually what I grew up wanting to do, was the yeah, soup. So. The soup yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I actually got to go to one of the uh, last tapings of the show. But, yeah, like, it's, they brought that back. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with horror, but... Yeah, and then also, this guy, Zachary Knighton, if you're a big fan of Happy Endings... He's joined the cast of Santa Clarita Diet, too, so that's a... I'm a Dave. huge fan of that show. I know. I was I like, Anthony will be happy about this, because yeah, we both like, hey, love hey, it. look at him. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to see him again. My God, can't wait for this next season. Yeah, I'm like, could we get Adam Pally, too? He was always my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, it looks good. And as I say, if it's anything like season one, it'll be fun. And Timothy Oliphant is a dorky dad is just amazing. And of course, it's about zombies. Like, yeah, and it's gross. And it's in the suburbs, right? Yep, it's Santa, Santa Clarita, Clarita here. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then other great news: Sharknado Six is coming this summer, and it will be a time traveling adventure. I don't even know how to process this. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know how to process it. I think it's going to be awesome. Well, this is what I love about Sharknado is they're like, we know this is ridiculous, but we're just going to keep upping the ante. And I'm like, guys, I've already given you a name. Make it happen. Legends of Sharknado. Because mm. if it's time traveling and then you have to do the stupid opening of Legends every time that we love. I do the show and I love it, but it's so goofy. They're not mis- We're misfits, outcasts. We're not- <laughs> don't call us heroes. We're legends. Come on, do something goofy like that because it's a goofy movie. And I just wonder all the cameos because, I mean, we've had people from, like, Ann Coulter to Mark Cuban. Yep. So many goofy cameos. Uh, we can only start speculating now. Yeah, it's been a really great franchise, I mean, for when it came out, what was it, like, 2012, 2013? Mm. And it's just, like, so much – it's, like, so – who the, who would have thought uh, – 
flying sharks and it would have been such a phenomenon (laughs) in terms of like horror and like B-movie kind of deliciousness. And it's really awesome that they're doing a sixth installment. I mean, I guess it's one of those things kind of like Supernatural. They won't ever end. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As long as the people want it, right? Yeah, because that's the thing. And much like with Supernatural, which they're 13 seasons in and, you know, they still want to do it. It's cheap to produce on the CW Mm. and it has a huge fan base. Sharknado is the same thing. You know, as crazy as the budget seems, it's really not. Sci-fi is behind it 100% because it sort of elevated their brand. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, much like Supernatural, it'll go on as long as we want. I mean, how many Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Streets were there? exactly. Well, speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street, the fourth installment, The Dream Master, had a 30th anniversary screen. Yes. Yeah, this was presented by Scream Fest, um, and you got to go. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was a really awesome time. It, they had it at the TCL Theater, um, and a good chunk of the cast was there, which was really just great. Um, I it was is one of those things where if you are a lover, it came out in 1988, right? It was the like year I was born, so I was <laughs> right? like, crap. It oh, was yeah. like it was like one of those things where, but it has such a a resonance for anyone who's ever like loved horror, came around horror. You know about um, the Nightmare on Elm Street fan- franchise and it was just really cool hearing um, Rain I'm sorry Rennie Harlan, um, the director for this, kind of talk about his story of how, you know, he came from outside of the country. He goes into Bob Shea, who's one of the co-founder of New Line Cinema, who was also there mm-hmm. that night. Oh, and, wow. And he also did, um, yeah, I got to like casually, he's a Pisces like me, y'all. Our birthdays are coming up. So, yeah, like, so is my little brother. That must yeah. be why we get along. Yes. And, <laughs> um, and one of the things he was talking about, how he didn't follow the rules. He just walks up into Bob Shea's office. He has nothing to his name. He's sleeping in a car and he's just like, I can direct this film and he's just like and like bob shay calls to his uh, secretary it's like who the heck is this guy get the, he said he actually said who the f is this guy it's like get him out and it just it, it was a really cool story i got to take some pictures with the cast um kincaid himself and yeah. we're talking about black history month this character this and and the actor he was one of the first and he actually said it at the screening, he was one of the first to break, break the trope of black guy dies first in a horror film. Yeah. And he did that in actually Dream Warriors Part 3, the uh, Nightmare on Street. He, he, spoiler, he actually dies in the fourth one in the very beginning. But just the fact that, you know, part of that history. And New Line Cinema, which kind, which was, uh, you know, behind uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, were very much, you know, forward thinking when it came to the horror genre. And like, and especially being independent you know, uh, film and, and, and things like that. So it was just a really fun time. Yeah, I know. I wish I could have gone, but I was here doing Legends. But yeah, because I love the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and actually Dream Master is one of my favorites because, mm-hmm. yeah, such a, you know, three and four are so good. Like, yeah. yeah. Visually, four yeah. is just so great. And one of the funny things, if you've ever watched the uh, the documentary, I think it's called Never Sleep Again. It's like four hours of Freddy and it's great. But it's like <laughs> talks about all of them. And one of the things it says about Nightmare on Elm Street was that this happened, the four happened during the writer's strike. Oh, So wow. they didn't have a script, right? And he actually tells the story. Rennie Harlan tells the story, at, told the story again at the screening. But I thought it was such a, he's like, they didn't have a script. So he was like, let me do it and I will help put the script together. And that's why it's so visually appealing oh, yeah. in this in this particular movie because it relies heavily on the director's, like, what he thought would look cool in a scene as opposed to, like, plot necessarily. So, Oh, 
Huh, that is interesting. I yeah. had no idea. Now I need yeah. to watch this documentary. And in my excitement over a Santa Clarita diet, I did forget that Alex Gar- Garland, I can't speak today, reveals a title and details for upcoming FX sci- uh, sci-fi series. And Alex Garland did Annihilation, which you also yes, saw. I saw that last <laughs> night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it, it is a mind F, huh? Oh, my gosh, that movie. If, if that if his movie and I think uh, yeah if that movie is any um, indication of what this FX series could be I wow yeah because basically all we have is it's an eight part science fiction series titled Devs and it's uh, Devs is in developers it's about a particular aspect of technology at the moment which is to do with very very big data and very powerful processing power and what can happen when you put the two things together and it's set in San Francisco a sort of tech story which makes sense San Francisco's yeah. like the new Silicon Valley type Yeah, thing. like, they've got their, you know, it is weird, like, because Halt and Catch Fire, like, because it's in the 80s, was based in Dallas. So there's, like, in Dallas, in Austin, there's still a tech hub, and then Seattle. So that's why I was surprised they went with San Francisco. Really? Because, like, San Fran's kind of, you've got Silicon Valley underneath them, and then Seattle and then Texas actually has been bigger in the tech industry for a while. Like, hmm. you know, kind of took it away from San Fran and Silicon. So I was like, oh. okay, but, you know, maybe... That's interesting because yeah. I've always, I mean, having yeah. lived in San Francisco for like six years, yeah. one of the things was all the tech bros and oh, yeah, <laughs> how like that Twitter's was like just descending yeah. into the city of arts and culture and having to deal with that. And that was what it was starting to get known for with the, the tech guys and stuff. Yeah, because that's, that's basically why it's so unaffordable. And also it's really small. So it may have to do with the fact that San Francisco is not a sprawl city like, say, Seattle or Dallas. Yeah. And, and then, you know, that can cause a lot more problems and being so small. Yeah, and if yeah. he actually, if this actually deals with the idea of uh, the gentrification that's going on in San Francisco, that'd <laughs> yeah. be great as well. I mean, he, I mean, Annihilation and I, and other movie that he did just totally slipped my mind, which that Oscar Isaac, who's in Annihilation, was also in, oh, yeah. or whatever. Um, Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. Ex Machina. Yeah. So, I mean, he, there's always these social linings he goes through when it comes to sci fi and horror and stuff. So it's. And two, that I don't think would apply to the other cities. That no. may be where you're getting at. I because feel, San I feel Francisco- like I got it. It's priced everybody out. It really has. Yeah, pretty well anybody who's not in the tech industry can't live there. (laughs) No, pretty much. You gotta live in the East Bay or something. Yep, or Oakland. (laughs) But, you know, Oakland has some surprisingly nice parts. Black Panther went to Oakland. Exactly. And the original Black Panther party was in Oakland. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) yeah, because Killmonger was from Oakland. Yes. Spoiler alert, (laughs) but you should have seen it by now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You haven't seen Black Panther. Yeah, he was. He was from Oakland. Yeah. Oh, what? I missed that. Yep. Yep. But um, speaking (laughs) of celebrating Black Panther and Black History Month, I decided to pick Tony Todd. Because we had Perry Shin on Horror Movie News from the Hatchet series. And um, this is a funny clip uh, from the first movie. No, they can't be closed, but indeed they are. You guys will recognize these guys. That's Joel David Moore, who's been in, like, Bones and all sorts of other stuff. He's a really funny character actor. It's going to be cool. And then this guy, I'm blanking on his name, but if you've seen Not Another Teen Movie, he's the token black guy. Like, that's literally what his character's name. Oh, my God, you're so right. Yeah. That's hilarious. Swamp Tour. He was also in one of the screens, wasn't he? I think so. He died in the pool or something. It's just that our friends told us that you did one here last year. Can't do night tours anymore. I love his eye makeup. Yeah. <laughs> like it's very serpent in a like rainbow, and you think he's Mr. Voodoo King, and then you're like, no. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, 
What happened? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> I so do. Here we go. I had a tour group out in the swamp last Halloween. It was the mist of night. Yeah? And there was this kid who looked kind of like you. He got spooked by something in the marsh. He saw two eyes staring at him from the woods. <laughs> the children to his very marrow. They wanted to get off the boat in a hurry. And he had his foot dangling over the edge. He, he fell in? A gator got him? What happened? He slipped. Hit his head right on the roof. And sued me for negligence. <laughs> that cocksucker. That's it. Try the real of all. Excuse me? Two blocks east on Olive Street. <laughs> but you didn't hear it for me. I have to go tend to my birds. <laughs> Mr. Candyman oh, no. himself. It's so cool. Like, yeah, like he's literally no, I mean, he was Candyman and, you know, he was even in Smallville and he'll pop up on like horror yeah, shows, like all of the time, like literally everything. He has, he's, he has such a presence about him. Yeah, like his voice, like, you know, he does so many voiceovers. I mean, he was the voice of Zoom, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> before that reveal. That's why I was kind of sad. And I was like, well, the reveal was interesting, but I really would have rather seen Tony Todd, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, like, and two, he's one of the perfect people to fit because he's been so immersed in this genre mm-hmm, on TV mm-hmm. and film, and 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 obviously has an affection for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, perfect way to end it. All right, and yeah, since um, I feel like that was the perfect way to end yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to keep up the conversation with you, Chauncey. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey KR and also on my YouTube channel where I will be doing the bloody breakdown, which will break down and getting into the guts of horror movies. And this week, I will actually be doing a review of Annihilation. All right, guys, and since I'm Lucretia Lyon, you can always find us at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And my podcast, Mrs. Brightside, you can find on any podcast app like iTunes, Google Play, whatever you have. It's probably on there or let me know and I'll put it on there. It's, it comes out every Tuesday. You'll hear familiar voices from After Buzz TV. And then also we will be joining Horror Movie News on Popcorn Talk, which is 4 p.m. live uh, every Tuesday. So you guys will see us on there, and you'll see us for the month of March for the Ash vs. Evil Dead specials, as well as the Ash vs. Evil Dead after show, which is at 8 p.m. on Sundays, guys. I think that is it. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 